And we're back here, ladies and gentlemen, a few more moments here with you. Vince McMahon is going to try to talk to a very, obviously, uh, Bret Hart. disconsonate Bret Hart. You've got to be terribly frustrated. Extremely frustrated over what has just happened. Whoa! Frustrated into the goddamn word for it! This is bullshit! Oh, we apologize, ladies you and gentlemen. You screwed me! Everybody screwed me! And nobody does a goddamn thing about it! Nobody in the building cares! Nobody in the dressing room cares! So much goddamn injustice around here! I've had it up to here! We apologize, ladies and Everybody gentlemen. Everybody knows it! I know it! Everybody knows it! I should be the World Wrestling Federation champion! Get him out of the ring! Everybody just keeps turning a blind eye! You keep turning a blind eye to it! I got that gorilla monsoon! He turns a blind eye to it! Everybody in that goddamn dressing room knows that I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Cut him off. If you don't like it, tough shit. Collective Soul. <laughs> well, Collective Soul, I, I picked a song from 1997. Which of will, course you which, did. Which, which, you know, Precious of course, Declaration, right? Yes, of course, which we'll get into, but I figured I'd pick a song that would probably not be on your list. It's not, no. That's so, good. good so no, there you go. And, of course, you got the promo from 1997. Of course I did. That's why I chose it. Cause I'm on, like, a Bret Hart kick. <laughs> I, I just I've find a that. lot of humor in, like, in, like, finding Bret Hart promos or quotes and you know, kind of pairing them up with something, you know, something, some, something with Bret Hart looking funny. It's awesome. Bret Hart has a really cheesy career. It's all. Why do you have that him in those the fucking genie costume? Yeah, he was in some Sinbad like play or something. The best part is that picture. There's also another picture of him in that all with his family standing around him. All right, was, but uh, was that that, that one was pretty good. Um, there's there's just there, there's so many opportunities. Uh, this is the Mezzanine Sleepover, episode 51. I'm sleep. At Megamix.com, what is up, everybody? This is very exciting. It's By the way, it's July 17th that we're taping this and the next episode. And I think <laughs> for a pair of episodes, I haven't been so excited in so long. It's been a while. It's been a while. This is uh, I, I I wouldn't say we've been cruising for a while, but I think we've had a few where we where we cruised a little bit. Yeah. If if you if you made it through the uh, the double episode of uh, where we talked about 1996, <laughs> um, congratulations! I said this a, a few weeks ago uh, too, but um, you you stuck it out. We're, we're, I don't think we'll do that to you again. But today we're going to talk about 1997. Yes, and you know, like another great year. <laughs> yes, it is. But uh, you know, probably won't be as inside. Maybe you know some stories as usual, some tunes yeah. as usual. Yeah. Oh. It's all tunes. It's all about the tunes, brother. Uh, what, uh, what's been going on with you uh, in the last couple weeks? So uh, before we get into the tunes, yes, so much stuff. So uh, it's been it's been it's been an interesting uh, week to say the least. So I've been telling you for the last couple of days that I've been gearing up to kind of like go off on something on here. Yep. 
And I would imagine that the guess would be that it's going to be about the uh, the Winnipeg Jets fake Hall of Fame and uh, Bobby Hull. Yep. Which I'm sure we're going to get to. Oh, we'll get to it. But that's that's not it. No. No. What is it? All right. This is... Just bear with me as I as I work my way towards the point, okay? Okay. So yep. there was that kid that got killed in Alberta this yes. week, right? Which is obviously like completely fucking shitty, and and the person whoever did it is a total fucking dirtbag. Like, got it. Obviously, obviously, yep. right? But I'm getting a little sick of the fucking Twitter warriors who are like, well, that give him to the prisoners, and he'll get what he deserves. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't, I've never understood that. How you can just advocate, like, uh, you know, heinous crimes committed upon somebody, regardless to what they did. Like, because you don't have the fucking balls to do it yourself. And, and I'm not, I'm not condemning people for not. I don't. I would never, you know? No. That, that most normal fucking people are, are disgusted and appalled by any act of violence and, and yep. observing it. Would yep. would make you feel sickened? Yes. No matter what the circumstance is. Agreed. But these people, you know, oh, in a situation where the person is tucked away, it's like, oh, now you're fucking brave. And yeah. you're and you're gonna let other people who I guess you're treating as heroes in the situation, who are, you know, people who have done their own crimes, including murder yep. and destroyed lives, but you're yep. like, well, they, those people will dish out the justice in this situation. Uh, you know, I I agree with you. Um, it's uh, it, it's a it's a pretty cowardly way to act. That being said, I think people have a really hard time with their feelings. <laughs> just, people just don't know. I mean, people aren't terribly grown up, and uh, you can't just say, you know what, this guy needs to go to jail. Um, where no, we shouldn't treat them like a um, you know like like a dog. <laughs> but they should spend the rest of their life in jail. I think that's I think that's appropriate. Oh, well, of course. But then, but then to the, say, oh well, you know, they're gonna get uh, they're gonna get raped in prison. To me, that kind of is a disingenuous argument. I can't wait for them to get raped and tortured in prison like they deserve. Yeah. So you know, because they because they did that, they get that done back to that. I don't really. It, it's it's dumb. But again, you 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 wish that other criminals would do that. You don't you, you don't want to do it yourself, right? Yeah, you and, don't want the state to do it. Yeah, the, you know, you don't want you don't want the government to do it. Well, some people do. Uh, you you want you want other prisoners to you know I guess do what they're what born to do. I don't really understand. So, anyways, I had to yeah. just get that off my chest because it fucking annoyed me. And of it course, is, it is annoying. Um, a high correlation, by the way, with with people who who think that way. Yes, uh, but of course. Uh, are cool with something else happening? <laughs> yeah, so the so the, so our our favorite uh, target on the on the Mesonite sleepover, the Winnipeg Jets. You know, they create a, a pretend Hall of Fame, and uh, <laughs> that's that's great. Um, if if Canadian ho- and I'm saying Canadian hockey fans, if they're anything, they are nostalgic and um, they don't care about um, facts or you know, circumstances, as long as they get to have their nostalgia fixed, they're happy. So the Winnipeg Jets smartly create a pretend Hall of Fame. Um, there's already a, a Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame, by the way. Yes. But, you know, it's not enough for people. Um, the, the, the Winnipeg Jets create a Hall of Fame, which is a great marketing opportunity for them. And uh, they've uh, decided to induct the, uh, the hotline from the WHA. And, of course, one of them is Bobby Hull. Uh, 
Yeah, a, a notorious serial abuser, a disgusting human being. Uh-huh. And I mean, uh, the, uh, the, the backlash for that has been, you know, fairly strong from people, including myself, because I think it's appalling. Um, and because uh, remember, the, the Jets play in a league that condemns domestic violence. Like, you know, claims to condemn domestic violence. Well, except for, I'll the, say that. except for the Hart Trophy winner. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, that's the thing, right? Um, so, you know, um, people condemn it. And, you know, people who see that and don't like it. And, you know, we're talking about. We're talking about the people who the Jets can do no wrong. Um, who, they don't agree with domestic violence. But, you know, it's, uh, you, you, you're, I, I'm me who's saying things. I'm the asshole. <laughs> In this yes. situation, I'm the asshole for saying, you know, uh, you know, glorifying and celebrating a man who has done nothing but bring misery to many people in, in like, and I'm not talking about the the multitudes. I'm talking about people in his life, um, via, you know, uh, violence and abuse. Um, I don't think that that kind of person should be feted, but, uh, of course that's what's going to happen, but I'm the asshole for saying it. That's the funny and, thing, uh, right? Yeah. I, so, by the way, this is a fan base, and I'm going to focus on this fan base. And you know you get this all the time. Well, we're not the only one. It's not just Jets fans. I, I don't give a fuck if it's just Jets fans. Yes, all sports fans are ridiculous. But I'm focusing on the, the fan base that I'm around, that I live in a city with. Um, so this fan base is um, – they will get very upset if there is a slight about the team on a broadcast. They will get very upset if – the Jets aren't ranked, you know, uh, the way they like it in a magazine ranking. They'll get very upset if a opposing team's fan will make fun of Winnipeg. Oh, can, right? I, do, can I throw one that more in? Whoa, 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 one more, yeah. one more. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. They will get upset if somebody f- creates a fake Winnipeg Jets Twitter account and tattle on them to the team. Yes, that's clearly fake, by the way. Yes. And that's clearly a joke and apparently is damaging the brand. I'm not sure. But they will get upset about that. That kind of stuff upsets them enough. Now, remember, these are the same kind of people who are mad about people playing a video game this week. Like, that upsets people. But, you know, Bobby Hull getting a grand celebration with his buddies um, at Center Ice at the MTS Center with 15,000 people giving him a standing ovation. Um, a guy who is a rotten human being. Um, that, that, they take issue with people talking about it. I said today, I had some guy just slip into my mentions. You know, I, I don't, I tend, I, I very rarely tweet to people like that, you know, to insult or, or, or counter, um, like counterattack or, or attack their point of view. It's always a counterattack. So this guy will come in and be, and he just starts going off on me. And I'm just like, you know, man, like you're, you're on the wrong side of the argument. You just are in life, in the, in the, in the real world, you're on the wrong side of the argument telling me that, you know, I'm so sick of hearing people be negative. It's like, well, because it's fucking negative. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I get it. I We take... Sometimes I take shit for, for laughing about the Jets, and it's like, okay, you know, I could probably give them a little leeway in some places. But are you fucking serious about this? Is this really a discussion? It's- like, that's the thing. So, you know, again, and to me, it's just egregious because there's a multi-million dollar corporation like backing this. When they had no reason to do it, there's literally no reason. The two teams existed in the city, you know, decades apart. And, and you know, that's it. Yeah. One thing has nothing to do with the other to a large Again, extent. and remember, they'll get, don't get upset about Bobby Hull. 
be, you know, a serial abuser being inducted into a Hall of Fame, uh, a Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame. But, you know, if someone happens to say, when's Kovalchuk going in? Well, then you can get mad because that's egregious. There's a fan base. Bullshit. I don't know what to tell you. It's the fan fucking base. Fucking bullshit. I just, I. Do you, need to have, you need to have your cart wall again so you can do like a fucking bullshit Iron Sheik drop, but you don't have it. I uh, summed it up yesterday in one tweet. It was easy to sum up. It was this. Some people are upset that a serial domestic abuser is being honored by a hockey team. Other people aren't. Yep. That's it. Yep. That's I don't like even which, care. Which side people... do you want to be on? Yeah, I don't even really care about the people who are just, you know, you know, the, the, the lower echelon of society who quietly don't care. It's the people who got to chase me around on online to try and prove me wrong when there's nothing to be proven wrong, for God's sakes. You just don't like the tone and you don't like the fact that somebody's saying it because it hurts their feelings. There's a guy. Because they as a Jets fan want everybody to love the team. There was a guy. You know, there was yep. a guy who posted um, a story about the specifics behind the domestic abuse yeah. that yes. Bobby Hall inflicted. And the anger about it had nothing to do with the actual content and the actions of Bobby Hall. The no. anger was why, why put that out there? Why are you doing it? Why yeah. would you, why would you say that? Why would you put a thing out that, that happened? Yeah. Well, I said it today. I hate to quote tweets, but it was like the real victims of Bobby Hall's abuse. Jets fans, you don't want to read about it on Twitter. <laughs> and that's and that's it. And, uh, you know, that's the thing. We talked about this before. It's like, at some point, some people grow up. And it's like, I don't give a shit if people like a band I like. I don't give a shit if some people think that a hot dog isn't a sandwich. I don't care. It doesn't bother me what people think about things that I think. But, you know, um, some people just haven't got... And I'm talking about unimportant issues, by the way. What's a good band? What's good food? What's, uh, you know, what, what, what hockey team you like? But some people just can't get past it. They're like, everybody's got to like this hockey team as much as I do. And if they don't, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to call them on the carpet because it's extremely important. So there you go. <laughs> good segment of ours. This was a good segment. Some hot takes. You know, it's too bad that they had to induct this asshole first. Because yeah. it would have been a lot more fun and lighthearted to focus on the the fake Hall of Fame aspect of it. Because it, it was great. Because it was perfect. We could have the, the pretend Hall of Fame, the magical, you know, Hall of Fame for you know what. And you know what? In all honesty, what they really should have done is just inducted the WHA Jets, like the teams that won, like this team, like just induct the fucking team. Yeah. But no, we and you know what? They they still smarmily tried to hide him in the hotline. Yeah. But he's there. But people are so concerned. It's like, well, he, he you know, he made, uh, he put Winnipeg on the map. It's like, all right. You know, I think Winnipeg was on the map when it was, you know, when it was an actual boom town. That's when it got put on the map, <laughs> not because of fucking hockey. It's barely on the map now. It's barely on the map now, but at one point it was, and it wasn't because of Bobby Hull. No, it wasn't. It was many decades before that when it was a boom town. It's not anymore, and it wasn't when, when the WHA was in town. Well, it's important though, right? It's him. And again, it's hey, hey, and again, great. Bobby Hall puts you on the map, everyone. Congratulations. Yep. I guess it makes them feel really good. I, I don't know how. But again, I've talked about civic pride being, you know, it should be non existent. It's stupid. It's like, yes, you happen to, it has nothing to do with your identity as a person. But, you know, it's my city. <laughs> you go to, people go to great lengths. It's like, well, you know, there's this person. 
on on Twitter, let's say they like they like the Jets, so let's have them come to the city, and we'll just we'll 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 throw them you know nonstop parties because they happen to like Winnipeg. Yeah, <laughs> just non fucking stop. And it's 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 not really like it's not normal hospitality. It's like obsessive behavior. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's not like we're nice in Winnipeg because I know you know what. Let's be honest. Winnipegers no more nicer than anybody else. In fact, you know, a little bit more surly than other people because it's a hard fucking city to live in. Let's be honest. But like you know, like going way over the top, like choosing specific people and just being like, let's show them a good fucking time. Just and, and we're gonna talk about it for weeks. Well, and because they're only the one quality that you know is that they've said they like the city. So it's like, well, well, let's let's do everything we can. The the best stuff. You know, I've done a little digging. Yeah. Done a little digging on on certain people who uh Winnipeggers tend to love. Yep. You know, finding just recently like Periscope videos about, you know, someone on there with their drunk buddy talking about how they love big titties. Oh yeah, and uh, and and then making fun of people like on Periscope, like making fun of nice. people who are out there just like totally trashing them drunkenly. Nice. But hey, hey, good people. Well, it's a good person. But hey, fuck it, fuck all that stuff. The person yeah, loves Winnipeg. It's the come most important thing. The city yeah. that you like. Yeah, it's very important. The so- hockey team that you like is the most. I mean, we've said this before. All the fucking racism out there that somebody will will put out. Um, you know, tweets saying, and, and I, I saw this today where it's like, oh, um, Islam is not a peaceful religion. It's, it's a religion of war and hate. Yep. No, no, no commentary, no nothing, fucking zero reaction. But then, yep. uh, oh, <laughs> love that uh, Bobby Hall thing. Oh, love the Jets. Like, 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 comment, yeah. comment, comment. You know, that's what fires people up. And, and when uh, this, when this, uh, this fake Jets account came up and people were so upset, I made a point of saying, well, here's, Here's some other Twitter handles that I haven't seen anyone complain about. Oh, yeah. You know, we don't care about the Westboro Baptist Church or the KKK or the American Nazi Party. That, nope. No, nothing about that. That's that's far from the worst thing that's on Twitter. An account that pokes fun at a hockey team, though, like infuriated people, like people, people went nuts, people banded together and they collectively messaged the hockey team. They on Facebook and Twitter, they wrote to each other and were like, we need to tell the team who's telling the team, and and they all did. All adults. Yeah, you know what? It's adults, Twitter, by so the way. It, yeah, adults. And then it came back, so it was pretty good. Tattletales. I agree. And yeah. uh, you know, I said it before. I, I've said it before. It's like you know, you take a look at some of the most like happy-go-lucky, true north, true northites. Jets are the best. You know, super positive about the team, always constantly to a fault, to the point of of parody. And they are some of the most, you know, just d- most miserable bastards you'll ever see in every other aspect of their lives. You know what, though? The, just, just pathetic human beings. The, the tattling, though, did allow me to sloppily put this vine together. So here. Yes. Randy. Hey, he's fucking telling. It's awesome. That's I'm fucking what, telling. That's what they did. <laughs> I know it's awesome. They fucking tattled. And they you know told what, each other, hey, they're like, I'm telling, and you should tell, too. I'll give it to them, though. You know, they, they don't like when people ta- like when people take other people to task for, for terrible opinions <laughs> on, on important things. But uh, they'll, sure get, they'll sure get together and band together to stop, uh, you know, a, a parody account. Though I, I'm just happy it's back. And it's actually a little funnier, so I'm happy. I wasn't totally, I wasn't feeling the vibe of the first one. 
but uh, I felt I felt it just didn't. It wasn't very good. The, the second the second parody account is is much funnier. Well, and then there was all these other parodies that popped up, and for a while I just kind of like I was like, Not enough of Twitter. Yep. There was a point for a few days where I was like, ah, come on. Yep. Like seriously. Oh yeah. You know sometimes there's enough there's enough people who come off as parodies. That there's enough parodies. <laughs> Uh, so should we get to the fun stuff? Fuck right, so we should. 1997, what a year. It was. I was, uh, I was talking about 1997, uh, with a friend of mine, and I was saying, you know, of, of pivotal years in my life, 1997 is probably top five? Has to be. It was a big fucking year. It really was. It was a huge year. Uh, so for you, so so give us the background. I'll, 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 I'll give a, I'll give a couple of quick hits, and then I'm sure as we go through the tunes, I'll. Me too. So so tell us where you are in 1997. So in 1997, I am uh, I'm in first year university at the start of the year. So in January, I'm halfway through my first year. Yes, sir. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of in a transition phase. Yep. Like I'm, you know, I'm in university. I'm I'm not liking it that much. Like I'm not like I like university. I just don't like anything I'm taking. Yeah. And um working and kind of in a in a transition of like friends. Yep. Like people who I were my high school friends, I'm now like really falling out of touch with. Yep. But I haven't I haven't really made any close new friends at the very start of the year yet. Nope. Um which would change for the most interesting reason. Yes. <laughs> Actually two reasons. Two reasons. Number one is the mezzanine. Yep. <laughs> because that's where we hung out and that's where we met people. And that's what we've named the show after. Of course. And the second one, of course, would be yep. the foundation of the Whoop Ass Wrestling Federation. Yes. Which, in March, uh, March 24th, 1997. Which was a big fucking deal. It was a big deal. Most people would kind of laugh and it'd be, it's kind of funny. I mean, most people, it's, I, you know, it'd be like, ah, backyard wrestling, whatever. This was a big deal for us. It was. We had a, we had a whole crew of dudes. Uh, who were all into this and it was right at the boom period of the WWF, the start of the boom period for them. You know, they were just starting. I mean, it was about arguably it was a year later that they hit big, but this was the seeds were sown. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and so on and so forth. So we, of course we were wrestling nerds. So we had been watching through all the garbage and uh, we were just inspired. And we had a bunch of like-minded individuals all going to the same school. And we all kind of convened to watch WrestleMania 13 and it just kind of took off. Yep. Was, so yes, and all new friends. Of course, all new friends. Just like that. It's true. So yeah. And uh also um through these new friends besides like the uh the wrestling stuff, started started doing the retro 80s thing. Yes. Uh just kind of, you know, in the summer, like that summer of 97 was pretty epic. There was uh Oh, what was there? There were there were like there were there were issues with ladies. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know there was there were good tunes. Yep. There were shenanigans. You know all was, sorts of shenanigans. Yeah. And then uh, and then uh, going back to the U of W for second year, a lot yep. more a lot more focused. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just take things that I'm interested in. Yeah. What what a, what a novel concept. Yeah. And uh, so that worked out. So that was that's a quick sum of my year. What about you? Well, I mean, you know, I, I, it's kind of parallel. Uh, it goes a different way. But, uh, again, I was at the uh, – did uh, I did second-year university on academic probation because, again, I took education to start. That did not uh, – that didn't go very well. Uh, you know, you got to school and things were going good. We were there. But uh, by 1997, I was pretty much dropped out. 
at that point. Um, walked out of some exams in late 96. <laughs> um, not funny for all the kids listening. Yeah, <laughs> kids. Kid don't, show. Just drop the course, everyone. Just drop the course. That's what I... Course, I was dumb. I, I was know, dumb, too. Was... I'm like, oh, I won't drop the course, which was the stupidest thing I ever did. Yeah. I mean, you know, like... Uh, you know, I uh, I was uh, it was a uh, kind of a different time. So yeah, I started the year out like that. Uh, had gotten into the first uh, long term relationship in my life, um, and yeah, we met a bunch of new new buddies, and uh, you know, did the wrestling thing. Uh, by the summer, I had gotten a, a full time job at a gas station, and uh, spent the rest of '97 just kind of trying to figure it out. And by I think by the end of '97, I had uh, I had applied uh, to college and. Uh, and uh, you know, I hadn't gotten in yet, but that that started me on the on the uh, collision course with the world of media. So, um, I think I'll, you know, a, a transitional year. And uh, let's, uh, and uh, yeah, let's, let's be honest: the combination of that relationship and your job made you not as accessible. Oh yeah, I was working midnight shifts and uh, had a had a had a girlfriend. Uh, the first kind of long term, well, longer than six months. And uh, yeah. So for I a period of, of time, like, faded out a little bit. You know, late 97 and throughout 98, you know, we were obviously still like friends and hung out when we could. Yep. But for probably the least amount, except for, of course, the times that I didn't live in Winnipeg. Buster. But, you know, I mean, not, yeah. a, you know, it just was, it is what was what it was, but. Just how it goes. But yeah. one of the, uh, one of the things that started happening more in 98 was, uh, Midnight's at Domo. Yes. Which were always great. Always great. Um, I, I believe I talked about them on uh, Beyond the Handle. Yes. <laughs> the old deal ghost of, of, of podcast past. Yes. Um, yeah, we used to get, uh, get the, a whole crew together. Filming each other, hitting guys with cars. Our, st- our friend, our stuntman, Kamikaze Kyle. Our stuntman friend, Kamikaze Kyle. Uh, you know, you know, playing uh, pranks, shutting off the lights, hiding. It was all good. It was fun times. So, uh, as usual, we've gathered some tunes. Always gathering tunes. Fifteen apiece, as usual. <laughs> and now we're going to play clips of them and talk about them and things. Hello? Oh. So enjoy, folks. All right, yeah, so who's going first this time? I you? think I might have been covering my, my microphone. I, Sorry. Think, I think you go first this time. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to start with some serious 1997 action with my number one here. Well, here's some third eye blind. Fuck, I love Eagle Eye Cherry. It's it's not even, I'll say some third eye blind. It's basically the third eye blind. Yes, it is. <laughs> Semi-charmed life. That's a good tune. You know what? I don't mind this band, as, as you're going to see later in my uh, in my music hope selections. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I this is summer of 97 style. I bought this, uh, I bought this CD. It's not a bad CD. I have, uh, I have the CD too. And I agree. Yeah. I agree it's not a bad CD. So, uh, I don't yeah. really know what else to say. I mean, you hear this song all the time. I mean, you're not listening to Power Nine, yeah, whatever big, big ninety-seven. Folks. What are they called now? I heard that. I don't know. A, big. There's big? a new country music station in Winnipeg again, like the fourth one or some shit. Yeah, I don't know. No. Oh, hey, you know what? I, I, I we'd be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about because uh, you mentioned country music. We had a my my bay had a block party this weekend. Oh, good. And uh, it was uh, it was in the back lane, so they had the you know the permits. They had the stage with karaoke. So much country music. Of course. Just so much of it. 
people love it was their, I, their I went outside at, I, yeah my my cousin's kids stayed over so we had the the little guys all all having a sleepover and uh, they're like they're they're both they're 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 like three days apart so they're the exact same age and uh so you know we weren't we didn't partake too much in the block party went out and you know, enjoyed a little bit of it, but then it started to pour rain, and then they got they kicked right back into it after the rain stopped, and they were going at like one thirty in the morning, <laughs> drunkenly, singing singing tunes. They had the boot scoot and boogie going, people fucking line dancing. Oh my god! Wow, good times, ridiculous. In, good times in suburban Winnipeg. Yeah. So there you go. All right. The, the, the block the block party. So I, I I I I didn't get up and sing, so I apologize to everybody. I'll just play this one now. Do it. Nice. It's obviously some more Third Eye Blind. Yep. Uh, London. Love this song. song. It's sassy. It is. Yeah. And of course, there's a How's It Going to Be? Yep, yep. Jumper. (laughs) Oh, that's right. (laughs) I would understand. (laughs) It's it's solid. I'm telling you, anybody listening for the multitudes, you know, go just you know. I don't know how people listen to their music right now if they're using these 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 other things other than iTunes <laughs> streaming services. If you got a streaming service, just go listen. Uh, you know, Apple Spotify. Music or whatever. Spotify. Just go listen to the album. It's not. It's it's a good listen. Um, and then uh, their next album, fucking never let you go, is a rockin' jam. Really good. Like you can't. It doesn't. They wrote some. They wrote a handful of really good, really good tunes. So good for them, and I think they're still touring. So again, good for them. Like coming to a state fair near you. Well, yeah, but so. you know, making making some money and uh, you know playing rock and roll. Uh, I guess we're on to your number two. Number two, go for it. Hi, my name is Terry Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I didn't cut the intro because you can't. Yeah, we got three tickets to the Brand Band concert. You know, so Brand Band 3000. I, I love how in their own song they're like, we got tickets to the Brand Band concert. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, um, some Canadian content. Give us a ring ding ding. Ring ding ding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah. It's, a good, it's a good tune. Um, again, you know, if you would, I don't know if many people remember uh, living in Winnipeg uh, in, in the late 90s when, um, when like 92 City FM was like an alternative rock station. Yep. And you could he listen to the, you'd hear this, some Fiona Apple, fucking Chumbawamba, <laughs> all all you know with all the other out rock staples. It was uh, it was a different time than just classic rock or modern rock, which what it was Power 97 eventually. But yeah, it changed. This was a big hit on on 92 City FM back with fucking Dick Rivers. Oh God! Remember fucking <laughs> Dick Dick's Pizza? Oh God! Yes, I love Dick Rivers with a what's a thing? Fuck. Well, so I used to work midnight shifts, so I had the radio on constantly because I'm not bringing fucking CDs to my work because they would have been ruined <laughs> and so, so stolen. Eventually. And you know, and back then you didn't. I didn't have a burner. <laughs> you know, like we used to play. We used to play. Um, theme songs uh, in our wrestling federation on Boombox. We had to bring all the CDs or tapes. It was, there was no, there was no like affordable burner that you could buy with your zero salary. Nope. So you know, I, there was no way. So I listened to a lot of radio. One night, I'm I'm working a midnight shift on Marion. Fucking Dick Rivers walks up, and <laughs> you know this, the dude was trying to make me recognize him, and he was talking about you know he'd like 
drop that he was on the radio earlier that night, and I'll just no-sold him like Undertaker. It was awesome. <laughs> Fucking no-sold him, big time. All right, here's my number two. Okay. Of course! I believe this has been on the show before. I'm not sure. Probably. Again, maybe that's one of no, my... No, maybe not! My, I don't think you've played this. One of my mezzanine lies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Battle of Who Could Care Less by Ben Folds 5 told the story plenty of times already about... I was going from work to uh, Alio Gratton's place. Yep. And uh, had some time to kill before he got home, so I stopped at Musicplex. Nice. Saw this album in the listener booth. At the old listening stations. That um, wall of, of music is awesome. God, Musicplex was great. Both of them were great. Yeah. And uh, fuck, the one downtown that was a shit. It was great. It was amazing. Uh, Record store. Yep. So, anyways, uh, and so I picked up this uh, this bad Oscar just by giving a quick listen and making like it's some good shiz and it was. Here we go. This is my favorite song. The could care less. <laughs> so good. Uh, again, this is just uh, drums, piano, and bass. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, awesome. There you go. Fuzzed ben out folds- bass to make it sound kind of guitar like. Ben folds five. Gang. There you go. All right. That's a, that's a good track. Well done. Uh, my number three here. Oh, yeah, hang on. Before we go, um, you know it's 1997, and it's the mezzanine sleepover, and we're talking about something, and we've already talked about wrestling. You have to have a theme song from Whoopass Wrestling Federation here. Here's where I here's where I slipped it in. Number three. Sexy baby. <laughs> Not sexy. sexy. <laughs> so this is a freak by Silver Chair. Well, this is when you were freaky sexy. Well, here's the thing. So so my character was the sexy boy. Because, you know, I, I had... I, I'm nothing if not creative. Uh, you know, and so... I, I started out playing using sexy boy. The Shawn Michaels theme. And it got to a point where I was, I was dissatisfied. And I liked this song. So I decided to use it and then create a crop top that said freaky sexy on it. <laughs> you know, tie back to my theme song. Because that's important. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, that's that's about it. I used this not too long, though. Only no. till about January of 98. Did you I mention switched. that this is uh, Silverchair? Yes, Silverchair's okay. Freak. And, um, yeah. Not bad as a transitionary one. I, I mean, I love the Chili Peppers one the most. Yes. Yeah, Shallow Be That Game. Um, this is... Uh, Silverchair is not a terrible band. Um, this album was okay. I liked a few tracks, but you know, it's was, pretty cookie cutter. Was it called Freak Show? Freak Show, yes. All right, here's my next one. Change, All right, change it up a little bit. Good. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Fuck this! I'm scrubbing. Scrub it. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Fucking stellar. Let it run. Here. Amazing. So, uh, Chemical Brothers. Chemical Bros. Uh, not much to say. It's fucking great. Good stumping tunes. Again, 80s yeah. night, which... It's funny because I never... At that time, I was like, well, I don't go to the bar. Because yeah. I never went on, on uh, Friday and Saturday. I never went to clubs. No. But I went weekly <laughs> to 80s night. Oh yeah! Like every fucking week, do some serious dancing. And uh, they would play, they would play some '80s, and then they'd play some new shit. And this was always on the menu. 
But were you uh, were you were there? Were you getting digits or what? <laughs> you know what? There was a there was a, a period of time actually in early '97 where yeah. I, I would leave with digits, and at one point, um, our pal uh, Professor Ninja oh, was gosh. like was like, "Dude, how do you do it?" <laughs> And by the you're way, thinking, how about uh, and you're saying and you're thinking to yourself by not being you. By, by the way, by the way, me, <laughs> so little game, like <laughs> oh, such you. such terrible game. Oh yeah, me Ugh. too. And it me didn't too. it didn't help that I was going with uh, Mustafli's and Alio Gratton, who let's be honest are some pretty Couple handsome dudes. dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. Oh, that that Alio Gratton too, eh? the smooth talker. Yep. Yeah, it's a good. I, I, I that that album uh, is quite good. That's a great album. And uh, Block Rock and Beats, I like Loops of Fury. Good stuff. And maybe that's from something else. Loops of Fury. There's something else. But whatever. I'm I'm bl- I'm blanking on Chemical Bros. Well, then let's go to track four on your list. Track four. Should oh I, God, I, this is a fun treat. Should I just play it? Yeah. So this is fun because uh, the mixer having another baby. Oh yeah, yeah. The, what's the dude like? Seventy-eight years old. Uh huh. Oh a fucking train wreck that is. Yep. With his like twenty-nine-year-old girlfriend. Another child. What's that? With his twenty-nine-year-old girlfriend. Yes. It was Ridiculous. fun. I remember uh, setting up for this concert. How did that guy not get a vasectomy like twenty years ago? Well, he's rich, right? I guess, but 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 why? I don't know. So, so you can have a kid that that you'll be dead before they fucking become a teenager. Uh, oh, yeah. But anyway, again, that's just me. Um, this is the Rolling Stones, everybody. Anybody seen my baby? A few facts about this. Uh, this is the song where Katie Lang gets royalties uh-huh. because it sounds almost exactly like Constant Craving. Yes. So she's listed as a songwriter. They probably. Uh, they probably just siphoned over the fucking royalties that they got from the Verve. Yeah. And just gave them to Katie Lang. Well, yeah, same year, eh? Yep. So, so yeah, it's kind of worked out for, for everybody. Uh, well, it worked out for KD anyway. Yep. Um, you know, though, it's it's interesting, too, is that uh, I don't know how much royalties she'd be getting from this track. I mean, this, this album was panned. Um, <laughs> we did, of course, and we've talked about this previously, but we did set up chairs. For the Rolling Stones concert in Winnipeg in 97. For the payment of minimum wage and free getting to stay at the concert, which we left early. Of course we did. And then we're talking really early. Yep. But the best part of the night was was going to Foodie Nasty. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Doggy Kitty, as uh, Kamikaze called it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I remember oh. when, we were at, when we were at Doggy Kitty and, uh, <laughs> and we're eating and uh, Alio Gratton's there and I'm like... You know, there's just a part of me that can't shake that this is like dog that we're eating. And Alio Gratton, as he's stuffing his face, is like, hey, dog tastes good. <laughs> uh, anyway, right. the Rolling Stones in 1997. And uh, you know, we still talk about them to this day. Because Terrible. Because he's, he's, he's still fucking. Yeah, he's still, he's still knocking boots. All right. I, I believe this band will likely be a crossover at some point, but maybe not this right. long. Nice. It's not, but... So obviously Foo Fighters. It's Foo Fighters. It's the Mezzanine Sleepover, so what do you expect? They're going to be in there. If there's a year that their album is out, 
it'll probably be on one of our lists. Yeah, especially back in these days. So, uh, My Hero, good song, yeah. good album. Not much to say. Everyone knows this. We've yeah, talked a lot Hero about Foo Fighters. Covered, covered, by, covered uh, by Prince at the Super Bowl. Ah, yes, that's right. Anyways, we'll just go nice. on to the next one. Yeah, no, Foo Fighters good. There's no crossover. I, I avoided. Um, I, I didn't have, like, a big plan in this in my list. I, I, I'm obviously trying to include some things I haven't played before. But of course, it doesn't. It doesn't start. Oh, oh it does start here. This uh, number five for me. Uh, this has this. This group has never been played on the sleepover. Uh oh, here we go. I had this. Uh, it was on the uh, final list and got cut. So I'm glad you put it in there. Nice. Well, of course, again, this isn't Winnipeg Rock Radio. Some it's fucking the best sleepover. Yeah, some fucking Thornley. Well, this would have got a big pop from Kid Tetris. Uh-huh. Y'all love Thornley. Or Cajun Man. That guy loves Thornley. Of course, this isn't Thornley. I know, but it's he he wrote all the music. Yes, he did. This is a good album. I, I, me- I mean more I me- I meant more Ian Thornley. Sorry. I didn't mean the band Thornley. <laughs> this is a good this is a good song. Yeah. Good it is album. a great song. That song. And uh yeah, this is uh their their big kind of uh explosion onto the Canadian music scene. Yep. And uh, it's, a, it's a memorable one. This and The Oath on that <laughs> oh, album. Oh, and Blue Wide Open. Uh, <laughs> uh, Not much to say. Again, you know, when you include bands like this, like you can't say a lot. No. Uh, there's not a lot to say about that. But I did see um, the him play in concert. And when Ian Thornley would play in concert, he'd play all his big rec tunes. He's, you know, in, in the Matthew Good style. And uh, it was it was uh, it was always a good time. So uh, this one, yeah, I didn't listen to in '97. No, I was not made wise to it. By the way, not all songs on my list are good. <laughs> no, uh, this came out, this came out in '97 though, and it had nothing okay. to do with my year. But I had to share it with everybody, and I hope I've queued it up at the right place. Let's see. Okay. Just keep listening. Here we go. (laughs) All right. So that's Tommy Lee. Uh, Yes. It's actually Motley Crue. It's on Generation Swine. Yes. Uh, apparently, Tommy Lee, when his son Brandon was born, was so moved that he went away and wrote Brandon, the song, yes. which included that lyric, which is, your mother gave birth to you with love. And yep. also, Brandon, I love you. I love her. She's your mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Where he has to say, you're my son, because we, we would, Tommy Lee wouldn't want someone thinking he's gay. That's right. Thinking uh, about a guy named Brandon. They were really like... God. Anyway, yeah, that that song is one of the all-time worst songs ever written. That will be when we do Worst Songs Tournament. It'll be there. Brandon, I love you. <laughs> For years. Brandon, I love you. <laughs> I mean, you so know, good. I mean, you know what? 
poor fucker's just writing a song for his son, but still, it's Tommy Lee. Yeah. Anyways. Um, number six. Okay. Here we go. Gotta get my CanCon in there. I got a bunch. You have a lot of CanCon on this list so far. Oh, there's more, dude. There's oh. more. This is uh, Sarah McLaughlin. Is it? Uh, building a mystery. Um, I I got kind of. I was thinking about it because I saw the story um, recently, and I, I'm sure it was out before this, but about uh, uh, DMC talking about uh, you know hearing Sarah McLaughlin's song "Angel" from the same album on the radio, and just like. You know, working through his, his his depression and suicidal thoughts, and listening to the song every day, and uh, the connection that the two artists have—it's really interesting. All right, an interesting read. I, I would recommend it to anybody because it's kind of like, you know, a famous rapper is like, you know, like really touched by by the song, and then they they met, and it was it was it was it was a good story. But yes, building mystery, classic uh, 1997 tune. I remember Mistopheles kind of saying how much he. Uh, he, uh, he 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 felt that the song was talking about him. Wow! Like he was the he was the beautiful fucked up man in the song, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding, Mustaf?" Uh, so I gotta say something to you. Yep. Uh, I think that you're a super big pussy for uh, putting Sarah McLaughlin on your list. Yep. Uh, here's my song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Anyways, continue with the Sarah McLaughlin talk. I just figured I might as well get that. No, out no, of the that's way. all I had. I, I, you know, hey, Sarah McLaughlin is a, uh, a, a classic, uh, you know, uh, artist. Mistoff- just a great artist. But she is another one of those complicated souls that Mistopheles crushed on. Yeah, well, you know, obviously, <laughs> she's artistic. he's a beautiful, fucked up man. That <laughs> Mistopheles. He is. He really is. Uh, this is uh, Adia. Yes. I have this album. This is a great album. Oh yeah, me too. So good for. Uh, good You'll have for... it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Packed away in a box. Back when I, you know, used to collect CDs. But now I just see like images of sad animals when I hear her sing. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> so sad. Sad dogs. Poor guys. Awful. All right. Awful. Good stuff. Uh, you're number seven. Number seven. Oh yes, go for it. So uh, we got a little bit of live. This might be the best album with the worst lyrics. Well, yeah, and I put this on here so we could talk about how bad these lyrics are in all these songs on this album. So this is uh, Lakini's Juice. By the way, spoiler alert. uh, Let's just talk about the lyrics to this song first. Okay, go for it. (laughs) Well, you know. So go ahead. Talk oh yeah, about let's Lakini's start with Lakini's Juice. Uh, you know what? This one doesn't have the worst ones, except for like something like uh, what? What is he? I rushed the ladies' room. Yeah, took the water from the, the toilet. Water from the toilet. <laughs> Wash your feet and bless your name. Oh God. Ah, whatever that means. Terrible, terrible, terrible. More swine. More swine because I got to eat it. I something like that. More um, skin. More skin. More skin because I got to eat it. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, Ed, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in in one of the poorest displays of lyric writing in the in the history of alternative rock music, let's just say, yep, um, is uh, is 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 on full display in uh, on this album, Secret Samadhi. Mm-hmm. So you must have uh, a song off Secret Samadhi yourself. Uh, what makes you say that? And that's actually it's coming. It's in an order. Perfect. 
I'll just scrub a little. Scrub it. We'll go find lunch. Oh, right there. Let's go hang out in a church. Here, we'll go, go find lunch. I'll go back to the <laughs> right God. before. Come on, scrub we'll properly. Go hang out in a mall. Or wait, now mall? I don't know. I don't know. Here we go. The best lyric. Let's go hang out in a church. We'll go find lunch. And we'll haul ass down through the alley. What? <laughs> Who's lurch? My favorite part is, I mean, I have the lyrics in front of me. And I like, if the mother goes to... Oh, God. Oh is no! It, oh wait, no! So what? 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 Okay. Um, you heard talking about freak. I'm talking about freaks. What do you? What song is this again? This is the first song. Oh, this, this is uh. Oh God. This rattlesnake. Angel, won't you? Rattles, rattlesnake. 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 Yeah. Sorry. Now, of course. Again. Uh, I got it all mixed up. I'm uh, fucking discombobulated tonight. Again, though, if we have a War Songs tournament, a uh, freak is going on. That would be the one where he goes, labor, labor, labor. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, freaks is bad, where it's like, if your mother goes to sleep with you, will you run and tell Geraldo? <laughs> oh, God. This, and, of course, Rattlesnake has has the angel, won't you bag a bagel in my oven? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Yeah, not good. I mean, the music was fine. Uh, Gas Head Goes West is a great tune. Oh, there's lots of good songs. With the closer but... on it. Uh, my favorite part about this album is that uh, the tickets for a concert came out. Yeah. And I was unaware until it was too late to get them. And uh, were you were you brothers unaware? <laughs> <laughs> and, Live. <laughs> okay, yeah. And I was uh, I was mocked by by uh, one of your girlfriend's friends. And then, oh yeah. And then the concert was canceled. Oh. And I, of course, you know, I had to be an asshole about it. Of course you did. <sighs> so anyways, there you go. Live. Um there yeah, the the, the lyrics uh, were terrible and uh yeah, but but the music was was not too bad. It was a pretty it, it was a musically a good album with with really really bad words. So there you go. <laughs> and not like bad words like fuck and shit. Well, and then I got all words. confused about the songs. It's I'm, I'm all over the place right now. Lives just it's I can't I can't get it together. So uh, let's let's. Well, I was gonna say cleanse the palate, but not really, because number eight. Uh, yeah, we can play number eight for now. So this is the Brian Jonestown massacre. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Doing uh, not if you were the last dandy on earth. <laughs> now, is there so so? So let me get this straight. So the Brian Jonestown massacre and the Dandy Warhols had a feud, and there was a documentary made about it. But is there a, a feud that got as much like pub about two like more forgettable bands ever <laughs> than this? You know, you got Blur versus Oasis, and you know, like uh, uh, you know. A great many, dear, you know, like you got, you got Stones and Beatles with people. You got Nirvana and Pearl Jam. You know, Kurt Cobain is like Pearl Jam. We got this fucking shit in 1997, where they're all dissing each other and on fucking on 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 CD, <laughs> and they're just like nothing bands. I mean, okay, Dandy Warhols had a, had a couple of hits, and they clearly won. But go watch that documentary; it's utterly sad. I've seen the Brian Jonestown Massacre a number of times lately, and. Uh... Met one of the guys from the band who's now in Asteroid Number 4 when I was in Vancouver last year. Nice. 
Uh, so yeah, but uh, did you talk about Anton being crazy? No, I did not. <laughs> I didn't listen to either band in 1997. Neither did I. No, I had, I had, I had no, no want to do it. I mean, I'll, I'll listen to some dandies every once in a while. These guys, I don't really listen to. By the way, this song, just listening to it, like, if this was about you, just listening to this, would you feel dissed? Not really. Listen. Ooh, hard hitting. No. Hey, listen. This is not a uh, message to, ben- to Benedict Arnold or you know, no Vaseline. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. Or, or, or hit him up by Tupac. There's a diss track. <laughs> All right, this is uh, not a diss track. Well, maybe it is. I don't know who Pat Murphy is. <laughs> oh, yes. That Patty Murphy died is a night I'll never forget. Some of the boys got loaded drunk and they ain't got sober yet. As long as the bottle was passed around, every man was feeling gay. O'Leary came with a bagpipe, some music caught <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I have this album. This. I'm I'm almost positive that this would be like the Great Big C's counter to Home for Arrest. Yeah. <laughs> Just with the slow start and then, you know, this. Yeah. Uh but uh not much to the say. The night that Pat Murphy died by Great Big C by off Gr- of Play. Off of Play, which was an enormous album. Huge. In Canada. Uh, had the uh um Ordinary Day, Day and and uh, their cover of REM's It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid disc. And the night that Patty Murphy died. You know, kind of taking Celtic rock and taking the rock away from it. <laughs> but, you know, it's still pretty good. So there you go. Yeah, good stuff. What do I got coming up here? Oh, do I have... Oh, here's, here's my palate cleanser for y'all. Number nine? Yep. played Matthew Goodman in a while. No. This is a Generation X Wing, everybody. And I decided, I went off, I went to Raygun EP, so we're going early 97. You fucking showed the world, and I didn't, I decided to leave him off this list. Yep. Obviously, I, uh, it could have gone on, but. Oh, yeah, well, you know, I just thought I hadn't played it in a while. Um, again, this would be like, I, I don't really have a lot to say, but I, I got into Matthew Goodman at the tail end of 97 because of, uh, uh, a girlfriend that I had at the time went to Vancouver and discovered them uh, for me and, uh, you know, kind of came back and, uh, you know, got me the underdog CD packaged with lo-fi B-sides. So I have an original and, uh, I, I, you know, picked up Raygun EP, uh, had some good tracks on it and uh, Generation X-Wing, amazing live. Uh-huh. Back when it was played live. I also enjoyed songs that I could play along with on my guitar, so this was a good one. It wasn't terribly, it wasn't terribly complicated. Would you sit there and be like, "I'm in the band"? Fuck that! It was a night back then. No, but if it was a few years earlier, I would have been like thinking I was so cool. All right, this one's one of our favorites. Yes. 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 Kind of the last gasp for in excess before the dude killed himself. Yep. Or. Well, I mean, he did kill himself, right? Well, I... I uh, it's debatable. Uh-huh. It's debatable. I'm sorry. Elegantly Wasted. Good-ass song. Oh, yeah. I don't know anything could, else on this album. 
I couldn't give two shits about an excess in 1997, but this was a solid, solid track. Yep. There you go. Ah, <laughs> oh, fucking beautiful. And you nice. know what? It kind of fits with 97 too. Yep. Like very yeah. much so. All right, let's go to the chorus. Here we go. Here we go. This ain't the good life. <laughs> Nice. Good choice. Ah, this so was on my short list. Absolutely. I. You know what? This song came out. It came out right around the flood. Yeah. We didn't talk about the flood. Holy fuck. 1997. There actually flood there was the century. The flood and the election. And Jean. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a big flood in Manitoba in '97. Yep. And it was kind of, uh, for me, I, I, I would assume for you, like the first big natural disaster to deal with. Absolutely. Ever. And uh, for those who know St. Vitell, the Red River right here, I mean, you lived very close um, to the Red River. Yes, yeah, not danger. Like we weren't in danger, except for the basement flooding. Yeah. But yeah, I, well, what, us too. And my parents lived, uh, you know, a couple kilometers to the east. Um, but, you know, I remember we had all our stuff upstairs. All yep. our stuff from the basement. Yep. Just piled up just in case. But uh, I remember sandbagging out on, on Lindale Drive. Yep. Oh, yeah. The uh, the river, the Red River rose. It flooded all of southern Manitoba. And Hardcore city. The city was spared by a combination of the floodway and sandbagging. Yeah. Basically. Because it got fucking high. Yep. And, uh, you know, and uh, but then uh, now they've expanded it. That's good. I mean, the city's safe. The rest of the province is still fucked. Well. This is this is where this is this is where it all happens. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I hate to say it. I you know it, like I I hate to be that way. But you know Winnipeg floods and the province is fucked. Yep. So um, yeah, the floodway expanded. Um, another another you know another thing we don't talk about about the uh, the the much maligned NDP government. Yep. I'm not going to get political, but uh, that's another one. It's like the expansion of the floodway, huge project. It's amazing, you know. So anyway. Uh, yeah, I remember this coming out at the same time. I had a um, a mixtape this was on, and I made a cover, and it was all like the they had school buses lined up as a dike. Uh huh. And I have a picture of it on the on the cover of the of the tape. So this one was on. So there you go, taking it back. I love it. All right, your turn. Uh, num- okay. So you want to talk garbage? Here we go. Number ten. <laughs> Fucking Smash Mouth. <laughs> Garbage. This is hot garbage. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, two things. Again, Smash Mouth walking in the sun. No, you're not listening to uh, 92 City FM in 1997. <laughs> uh, also, man, did we miss out on putting this on the Kid Tetris shows? Oh, yeah. Because this is a Kid Tetris fucking favorite to sing along to. <laughs> All right in your face. Ba da ba da ba um, this band, of course. If you, the other thing that I want to talk about is this band. If you if you ins- if you make a joke about them being a one hit wonder on Twitter, they'll jump all over you about how they had like six hits. <laughs> well, they had All Star and they had <laughs> When I Saw Her Face. Well, they went they, they went the they went Shrek huge because they were on fucking cover. Shrek. And the funny thing about it is, like, dude, you have lots of money. Does it really matter? Yep. What people on Twitter say, because it doesn't matter. But no. anyway, they 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 like to uh, you know um, uh, chase people around on Twitter if they if they happen to mention them as a one hit wonder. And it's true, they're not a one hit wonder. 
I'll, I'll give them that. But really, does it matter that much? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So there you go. Garbage uh, at number 10. I got garbage coming up, too. Uh, <laughs> so uh, in 1997, Genesis decided to make an album without Phil Collins. Ah, uh, yes. I was wondering. <laughs> Here we if go. If you'd be playing some Genesis. This is not 1997. No! This song is called Congo. <laughs> it's the first single. Apparently, it's supposed to be what? African? Congolese? Now, there, the keyboards, that's distinctly Genesis. Yep. Well, they got some rock and distortion on the guitar. And uh, then we get uh, Ray Wilson kicking in here right away. All right. Oh, God. I'll let it go to the chorus. So um, they were going to do a world tour, and it was going to start in Winnipeg. Oh, really? Yes. You don't see that very often. And then it got canceled. And I would have gone, obviously, even though, oh, my God, I'm so glad it didn't happen. Because imagine, it's all no, it's all Genesis without, I, like, the two reasons to listen to Genesis. I'd have to hear this. <laughs> Why? So what was the what was this album? Was it It was called Calling All Stations. Calling or All Stations. Oh god. So were you psyched back then to hear it? When it came out, I was curious. I uh, I certainly didn't expect. No. I was like, this probably won't be good. And Well, you know, uh, it's nineteen ninety seven, we're kinda getting a little more refined in our tastes. And it wasn't good. No. It was very, very bad. <laughs> it was very fucking bad. Uh, God, I can't even remember. There was a song on it called Shipwrecked. Oh. It was like his heartbreak song where his heart was shipwrecked. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sakes. Uh, but that was the single, Congo. Oh, my God. So uh, there you go. All right. Uh, let's keep fulfilling my CanCon obligations at number 11. Oh, it's taking a while to kick, to kick in. <laughs> here, I, let's let it go here for a second. Okay. Sing along song from the Philosopher King. Big time. Oh my god. Uh, what do you say? I don't, I honestly, I have no idea why I listened to Philosopher Kings back then. Because you're, the, don't know you're the man, baby. <laughs> What's that? Because you're the man, baby. I am the man. You know what? I, I remember working at Domo with this guy, and I was trying to convince him to, to join the whoop-ass and wrestle with us. And he was going to be called Supermodel Heath Walters. <laughs> and he was going to come out to I Am The Man by Philosopher Kings. That's not a bad song for some douchebag at that time. <laughs> I know. Uh, but it didn't work out, obviously, like like uh, like like many other things in Wapas. But uh, Philosopher Kings uh, singing about, uh, I think, this uh, about drinking booze and how it slides down his throat like like margarine. So there you go. <laughs> All right, Philosopher Kings. This one I'm going to have to scrub quite a bit because it's full of distortion, which can make you guess what it is. Oh, I know exactly what it is. We should just let it play. <laughs> All right. So this is Oasis. <laughs> this album, this album is 
a really good 45 minutes of music yeah. on a 70 minute album yeah and it's not extra bad songs really it's extra feedback because every song has way too much of a beginning and way too much of an ending with feedback including yeah. this yeah Um, it's from Be Here Now, heavily anticipated album. Yes. Here we go. Oh, we no. Oh, no, yeah. Now, no, now we're playing at least. Yeah. They're strumming and drumming. I think they say fuck here. I'm not sure. Right here. <laughs> I don't know what they say. <laughs> and then, of course, when you get to the single, it just starts here. Yeah. This is, um, do you know what I mean? This is a great album. This album, though, is such a fucking, uh, like, honestly, the cover should have just been the band, like, sucking themselves off. Well, yeah, and I think Noel hates this album. And oh, Liam he? likes it, so there you go. I don't know how Noel would hate it. He wrote everything. I know, and I mean, they thought this song was, like, their opus. They thought this album was going to be the biggest album of all time. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it broke records for first week sales. It just tapered off after that. It was never like badly received or anything. It was just not what they thought it would be. Yeah, and it's like a loudness war album too, right? Like it's super, super high. You know, like you, you could, you the, the, the decibel levels are ridiculous. Um, so there's a story though about this album and 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 the uh, the outsider O'Grat. He had some kind of theory about it that completely changed at some point. What was that? I can't remember. Where he hated it, and then all of a sudden it was out of oh. nowhere. He's like, this is so great. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, people change their minds. But of yes. course they do. But I think he didn't even hear it. <laughs> and he was talking shit about it. And then he heard it. And it was like, oh, actually, this is pretty good. It's a pretty good fucking album. You know what? It was a good album. It was. Just too damn Stand long. Stand by me on it. I mean, you win with that one alone. Now and all around the world. Yeah. And this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they. I remember I was reading about this, and they were talking about the lyrics, and it was like they were just doing so much blow that like everything was just amplified to like <laughs> you know like fifteen, and like the lyrics, the, 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 they didn't even know what to name the song. It was just like I'm just gonna sing every all you all my people right here right now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. so good, amazing, good good choice. We're on number twelve. Number twelve for me. Beauty. So we got Brook Assault. Yep. I gotta say, back back then, I I thought that was such a clever name. Because <laughs> of course, I was like, I read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Brook Assault. I know that reference. And so it was like it was really clever. Uh, great, great band. Um, just a, a straightforward kind of rock. I like this is Volcano Girls off uh, Eight Arms to Hold You. That I like that they reference Seether in the song. We're like, we, we told you about the Seether before. <laughs> Amazing. Volcano Girls. A definite checkout. Again, if you're if you're streaming some stuff, get do some Veruca Salt. It's good. Louise Post. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's let's uh, change direction again here. All right. Oh, yeah. All I can think about with this and like all the songs on this album is... <laughs> I'd love to go back and just watch fuckers dance to this at the bar. Oh, I know, right? Just all 
super violent and like punching the air. Fucking, Going fucking nuts. Uh, yeah. If you went to the UK and watched them dance, oh, Jesus. Uh, so it's the Prodigy with Firestarter. So good. This was a whoop-ass theme. It was? It was like a, again, we used it kind of because we played the wrong track or something. Or maybe that was Smack My Bitch Up. One of the two, but anyway. Hey, hey, hey. Classic. Classic album, Fat of the Land. Yeah, it's a great album with some uh, Smack My Bitch Up, which of course... That's a breathe. <laughs> uh, fun fact about Smack My Bishop. Bishop, bitch up. Well, I just gave yeah. away the punchline. <laughs> when we were, when I was living in Edmonton, and uh, a friend of mine was contemplating joining the the LDS church, and a friend of mine was like, "Hey, you could you could play the song Smack My Bishop." <laughs> awesome. Uh, anyways. Well, wrong, wrong. Anyways, uh, all right. Thirteen. The prodigy, three? though, like uh, we mined those guys for a lot of uh, theme songs. Oh, so many. Break it's and all enter. Just like, we don't have anything. Voodoo just people. Prodigy. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was good theme music, right? For wrestling, it's aggressive. Oh well, yeah, serial thriller. Yep. Diesel power. <laughs> awesome. Good choice. Uh, we talked about this band, my number thirteen, uh, or we made a, a comment about them, and we were talking about Stone Cold Pilots. So uh, let's roll it. This is Talk Show. Ah, yes. The um, the uh, the side project of the of the two brothers in Stone Cold Pilots. Basically, when what Scott Whalen was in jail. Yeah, in jail or in rehab, one of the two. They made this and uh, a really solid album. And I was thinking, you know, it's like if you want to do that, just bring this guy in and just play like as Talk Show and play some Stone Cold Pilots songs. It'd be pretty rad. And just do that. Yeah, why not? If they want to, you know, one day. This was a good... I like this album. You should call them up. Yeah, I should let them know. Or you know what? They're probably listening. Send them a tweet. They're probably listening to the show. Hey, guys. Right? (laughs) Megamix here. You'll get ragged like 120,000th on on, on Podomatic without having some serious listeners. Megamix here from the Mezzanine Sleepover. You may have heard of us. (laughs) Um, Peeling an Orange. Uh, a great 1997 tune. What can I say? <laughs> there you go. Uh, this is another. I got another one here as a change in direction. All right. <laughs> I think uh, you'll know what this is, but I, this may not be something that you were expecting. All right. So this is Tarek. Oh god, that's right. With some Chevrolet Way. Chevrolet Way, Jesus Christ! I haven't heard this in probably like like whatever, 18 years. Yeah? Like since the or 19 years, since 97, I don't think I've heard it. Well, Classic. Let's get to the chorus. Oh. Again, if you listen to 92 City FM in 1997, this is on there. Oh fuck yeah. Um, he opened for Great Big C. Oh yeah, at a, at a show, which is not not too bad because I was into both of them. Um, yeah, yeah. A guy who I work with, Trevor. We yeah. were, we were sitting around at I think at a Christmas party. 
No, it was he was he was hosting a Christmas party at his place, and I was digging through his tunes on his uh, PS3. You're on, and you're on like, T-Bags PS3. <laughs> yes. Oh, hold on, we gotta hear this first. Yes. Oh God! I have to thank you. I have to thank you because I, I like to get all the songs that we play at the sleepover. Yep. So now I get to get this song. And it's aggressive here. Ooh, look out, world! So yeah, so I, I saw him like Tarek, and he's like, yeah, Tarek, and I'm like, Tarek fucking rules, and he's like, I know, dude. <laughs> Such a bonding moment. Awesome. Over fucking Tarek. So, anyways. There you go. You, uh, that's a that's one of those moments I did not expect to hear Tarek on the show. There you go. I, I have completely forgotten about that song. That is great. What a great treat on the sleepover for all our listeners. Yes, everyone out there is like fucking Tarek. All right, Shit. so I didn't. I did not listen to any of this in 1997. But uh, you got If it's, you're talking 97, and it's the sleepover, you got to talk this guy. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How's everybody doing tonight? <laughs> Same here. Just let it run for a sec. Alright, let's let him let's let him wrap a verse here. A nigga never been as broke as me. I like that. When I was young, I had two men leads. Besides that, yes. So, so uh, Notorious B.I.G., this might be my favorite Notorious B.I.G. song, Sky's the Limit. Uh, it's off Life After Death. Yep. Um, which came out, uh, like, what? Well, it was supposed to come out, like, three weeks after he died. ended up dying. Yeah. Uh, when he was, uh, he was gunned down on March 9th, 1997. So there you go. Um, sky's the limit. Uh, great tune. I encourage anybody to listen to it. It's a good listen. Uh, it's got some good lyrics. And uh, again, I never, I always discounted Notorious B.I.G. when I was, you know, back in the days, because I was like one of those like, oh fucking N.W.A. Same here. I only listen to West Coast. Nope. So um, I was just like, yeah, these guys cover everything. Fuck them. Well, yeah, back then it was like. Puff Daddy and all these fucking dudes, right? It was like, this isn't music, because I was an idiot. Fucking Doris B.I.G. had so much, like, just so talented and skilled, eh? So good. So yeah, I, I on heavy rotation, when I'm listening to hip-hop. <laughs> uh, so this next thing is a special treat. Okay. You've been talking about this this week, haven't you? Uh, this one. Is this the special treat? This is one of them. I've got, for our next episode, yes! I've got some treats too, but I think so you excited. do as well. But all this right. is a special treat. Um, it's two minutes long, but, um, so well, you can just listen. roll it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> By the way, for those of you that don't know, and there's more, it's just Raiden and not singing. Oh <laughs> Words. my god! Amazing! <laughs> there's still more. Anyways, there you go. Amazing. Uh, so, uh, cl- uh, wait, yeah, Clumsy I mean, came out. Yeah, uh, Clumsy. By, which, that was, by the way, two minutes of the album where he, he says no words, but is singing a lot. Well, okay. So, A, I'll preface this all. Clumsy is an amazing album. And, but yeah, I should I should also say, I like it's funny, but it's not bad. No, like, I don't dislike it. Yeah. I enjoy that album. I enjoy that singing. It's a good, it's a good period piece. And, you know... Um, I, I, you know, even, uh, recent output all aside, it's, uh, you know, for, for that time, like that was great. I love listening to clumsy. Great. Um, I used to love the, the singing because I was like, I could fucking do that. <laughs> and you, you just got to kind of sing through like the, the roof of your mouth. <laughs> it's not, it's not bad. <laughs> and so, you know, I was kind of like, I, I could sing like him and you kind of sing along. It was pretty good. Um, but I'll tell you, you, you go on YouTube and find some recent concerts and it's just not working anymore for that guy. No. <laughs> it's just, he can barely do it. Well, yeah. He can right? just barely sing anymore because it's just not a sustainable singing style. And it's like, if you don't really have a great voice to begin with, which he, it's, it's not the greatest singing voice and you're kind of singing gimmicky. Yep. And it's like 20 years later, it's like, it's not going to work. Nope. So there you go. Good choice. So that, that was highly entertaining. <laughs> All right. Now your last track. My last track. Um, Oh, you know, we've we've done a lot of CanCon, so let's keep it going. All right. So we got some uh, Wide Mouth Mason. Huck, I was never a big Wide Mouth Mason fan. Me neither, really. Like I probably have like four songs in my in my library by them. I don't think I ever had an album by them. But uh, they had a they had a few good songs. And this is uh, Midnight Rain. Good for them. A uh, good Saskatchewan band, there, boys. Saskatoon, right? Saskatoon. Uh, the dude could play fucking guitar. I'll I'll give him that bluesy style. Well, yeah. Saskatoon and, rock. Uh, yeah, this is the one where they where they double up the first, like the, they do two verses before the chorus. So fuck it, we don't have to listen to the chorus. Some fucking sask rock. They'll tease you by by getting ready to do the big fat chorus, and then I'll back off and do another verse. God, I hate that sometimes. Saucy. Uh, yeah. this, this last one I have is A because they're awesome. B they're from '97, and C because it's a good song to uh, close the show out too. Perfect. 
So, of course, we referenced the Verve earlier. Yes! Uh, this is some Lucky Man. Lucky Man! This album is amazing. Yeah! Urban Hymns. Oh. Yeah, good good, co- good cover to cover, and uh, obviously everyone knows Bittersweet Symphony, but... Yes, which I have in the past called the laziest songwriting in the history of music. But, you know, <laughs> doesn't mean it's not good, it just means it's fucking lazy. Yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll end the show with this, because it was 1997. Yeah, it was a good, uh, good fucking year. 1997 was, and uh, yeah, uh, we'll tackle another year at some point because uh, we are like obsessed with it. Send us your requests for years at Mezzanine Nine Sleepover on Twitter. Just as a reminder to everybody, we've done 97, we've done 98, 96, and 95, along with an 80s mixtape as well. We've done 2001. We've done 2000. Oh, 2001. You're right. 2015. Best of, yeah. Best of. So, yes, that's what we've covered so far. So, lots of years left. There's a lot to choose from. Please uh, keep it to, like, the 90s forward. <laughs> because I, otherwise we were like, I'll have a bunch of fucking Sesame Street and fucking eight, Fred Penner. 89 would be okay. 89 would be great. I know exactly what I'd play, but anyway. Uh, so, next week, I'm <laughs> we're taping it right after we do this one. I'm so fucking excited. We're so excited. We're gonna talk tell about. Them, tell them why. We're gonna talk about video games, and we're gonna frame it around video game music, so it's even better. Yes, and so we've got clips, and I'm telling you right now, maybe for, not for the listeners, but for you, Mega Mix. Oh fuck! Oh, you're you too. I'm, I'm very excited for, tremendously. For a lot of this. So yeah. uh, I am at Slip with Five Eyes or Slip, and uh, I'm at MegaMix.com, all one word. Uh, Richard Ashcroft and the Verve will take us out. See you all, your jagoffs in a week.